value of your product, your service or solution, that you are part of the value equation. Mm. If you can be taken out of that equation, you simply have a transaction. Your personal brand plays a big role in, in your business acumen, your knowledge, all of that's combined together so that you provide high level of value to a prospect or a client so that the value of what you sell, you can't be separated from that. Welcome to Making Sales Social Live, as we share LinkedIn and social selling training, strategies, and tips that will have an immediate impact on your business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, every week. Making Sales Social Live. This is the recorded version of our weekly Making Sales Social Live show. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I am so excited to have Amy Franco here. She helps organizations transform sales culture, ignite sales growth, and build high-impact leaders through her strategic selling programs. She is recognized as a LinkedIn top sales voice, which is so cool, right? Like, that's awesome. Uh, And she is the leading expert in modern sales strategies, including in-demand sales training programs, sales strategy, and as a sales keynote speaker and leadership keynote speaker, she brings all of her sales expertise to top teams, sales teams. Uh, She guides growth-oriented organizations to significantly improve their results through B2B sales strategy and sales team skill development. I hope I got that right, Amy, but welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm so excited to be here, Bryn, and really looking forward to our conversation. Also, just getting an opportunity to spend some time with you. I feel the same. I said to my husband before we got started, I'm like, I am really excited to get on a call with Amy. I think you are phenomenal. And there, you know, there's a handful of amazing sales trainers out there big handful, I guess. There's quite a few good ones, but man, you are at the top of the list for me. I think you're amazing. So I sincerely appreciate that. And I'm going to, I'm going to save those words for on a day that I need them. Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, you've earned them for sure. And I, I just love the way you think it's just elevated. It's, it's taking salespeople to well, the modern strategy, right? Which makes a big difference. I think you hit on something there. And I know we, I know we have uh, multiple questions we want to, want to get into, but it's just that different way of thinking that I find so many sellers and sales leaders, they're, they're really wanting. There's no shortage of tools and, and tools and technologies and approaches. Sometimes it's just the different perspective the different way to think about something that is that spark that someone needs to really make a change or to get that big win just simply by looking at something from a different angle or taking a different mindset about it. Mm, I love that. And I'm going to jump back to that and we're going to go deep. First, I'm going to ask you what we ask everyone on the show, which is what does making sales social mean to you? I think my definition of that or my thought process around that has really, um, I guess, evolved over, let's say, like the last five to 10 years. I would say probably in the early early stages of social selling and making sales social, there was this, um, I, you know, my idea of it was you had to go really, really far and wide and reach thousands and thousands and thousands of people in order to be successful. And there certainly are people that are very successful with that. 
I have changed my thinking over the last few years to really take more of a laser focused approach. And this is part of what I wrote about in the modern seller as well. But the idea of building really focused, strategic, meaningful relationships and using social components, tools, strategies, what have you, to deepen those relationships. So instead of going broad to the masses, which, you know, of course we do through LinkedIn and some, some, of, those, uh, some of those platforms, um, but using it to be laser focused and go deeper in the relationships that I have with current clients, and then also using it for building new client relationships. And I, I love that you talk about that because, you know, there really has been a significant shift, not just on social, but in sales generally, uh, you know, the, the, the mass outreach, throwing it against the wall and hoping something sticks just isn't working anymore. It is that relationship side. So, I mean, that's part of what you, you talk about that is so powerful today. Um, so, you know, I have a bunch of questions here that um, I'm excited to go through. But one of the things when I was doing a little background that I wanted to start with is you talk about the modern seller having these like kind of five um, sections, right? There's the entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. the holistic, the social, the ambassador, and the agile. And yes. I found that to be fascinating. Is it okay if we start there? Yes, let's go ahead and dive into that for sure. Okay. So, so talk to me about the modern seller and what, how those pieces play together to really get an advantage in the marketplace. Yeah. So, so the, so the catalyst for the modern seller was my own evolution in sales and the different types of sales that I have done over my career. And then also what I have just um, observed in my work with clients and there, when I look at sales professionals, and this applies to sales leaders as well. So if we have sales leaders that are watching or listening, there are some capabilities that I have found that help really successful sellers rise above the crowd. And so th those are the five capabilities of the modern seller. So, so the first is that a modern seller is agile. And this is really um, about helping our clients to see around the corner, to anticipate changes, to have our own uh, business acumen about their industries, about our industries that help us to help them be smarter. Our job is to help our clients make better business decisions. And we can do that by applying agility to our own thought processes. We talked about a little bit earlier, so we can help our clients to be smarter. A modern seller is also entrepreneurial. And uh, the way that I look at this is it's looking at your sales territory or your book of business like a business. You're looking not just at the opportunity that's right in front of you, it's also looking at the top line and the bottom line of your territory. Where can I be the most profitable? Where's my upside? Where's my downside? All the things that someone who's in an entrepreneurial role or they own the business, mm -hmm. those are the things that they're thinking about. And when you look at it through that lens, you make different decisions about the opportunities that you pursue the profitability of those opportunities, the relationships that you need in order to make those opportunities uh, to become successful and to build a successful territory. So inside of the organization, a lot of people call that an intrapreneur. Is that mm -hmm. a similar concept? Yeah, there's some definitely some similarities to, to that concept. But, uh, but I always share with people that are curious about that particular capability 
that if you look at your territory as if you were running it like a business, how would you maybe look at it differently? And what different decisions would you make? Would you still pursue that same opportunity if if it was your business or might you make, make a different decision? Would you pull the deal in at the end of the quarter or the end of the year? Or would you perhaps wait? That, those, that type of strategic thinking that a business owner or an entrepreneur maybe just does a little bit differently. So don't get stuck in this month's numbers. Really focus more on the overall outcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, big picture thinking. So, uh, so let's see. We hit agile. We hit entrepreneurial. Um, holistic. holistic is next. There's a couple angles to holistic, but the one that I'll share with, with everyone today is it's the idea of systems thinking and that everything's connected. Everything's connected in the sense that um, you, your company is connected to the industries that you serve. It's connected to the clients and the customers that you serve. A decision made in one area of the business has intended outcomes and maybe some unintended outcomes. And the more that we look at the way that things are connected together inside and outside of our organization, especially as it relates to sales and being a smart seller and being able to to exceed our quota and have happy customers, um, just always asking the question, what what might this decision I make here, what, what am I wanting it to accomplish? And what might be something unintended that could happen from it? And might I make a different decision based on what I my thoughts, or if I talk to other people and get their opinions around that. So I think that's um, something that very few salespeople will do. They are going to look at, I sell this, the consequence is a commission. Yes. <laughs> right. right. And, and, and what you're saying is we need to look at, you know, all the potential other consequences, good and bad, what will come from this sale, this decision, this, this agreement, this contract, whatever that is, look at the whole picture before you sign the dotted line or ask them to do that. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think your your thought process is, is very common. Uh, the thought process you suggested, which is if I sell this, the outcome is, the ideal outcome is a great commission check. What if I had a different solution in mind that could be more beneficial for the customer? Um, it might be more beneficial for the customer, more beneficial for me. Or what if I needed to take a look at something that was happening in their business six months or a year down the road? So this ties in agility. Would I propose the same solution or might I propose something else? And, and it's those trade-offs and thinking about, here's, my, here's what I intend to happen, but here's the things that could happen, good or bad. And have I really thought those through? And have I had that discussion with my client? so that we can have a good, meaningful conversation together about it. Fabulous. That's great. Uh, I think that taking that approach, you're really, well, one of the things you say is uh, having a bigger impact. I, you yes. know, I heard you say. Yep. So by taking that holistic approach, you have a better impact at least, right? Absolutely. And I think that that's a really, that's a nice, um, it's a nice segue into, um, I'll, I'll hit ambassador and then we'll come back to social and I'll, and I'll hit social last. Awesome. Um, so that idea of making impact and really ties to the idea of a modern seller as an ambassador, which is building long-term loyalty. It, it is one thing to be able to build a short-term, what maybe more of a transactional relationship and, Having a satisfied customer is kind of ticket to entry these days. 
right? Yeah. We yeah. have so much choice and uh, there's more willingness to switch, I believe these days, just because we have so much choice. If we can move our best, most satisfied customers to really loyal customers and clients, they will stick with us longer. They will typically buy our products and services at higher margins because we are providing greater value to them. And they are also more likely to entertain new products, solutions, services, because we've earned the credibility and the reputation to do so. So it's like this virtuous cycle of um, what we put in and what we receive back. And we build a really strong stable of, of loyal clients. Um, so, so that's the idea around ambassador. And typically modern sellers who are excellent ambassadors also have a really strong uh, personal brand that you mm -hmm. see out in the marketplace, whether it's on tech platforms, social platforms, or it's out, out in the physical world. Uh, in their community or or in their industries. So let's do a deeper dive on that. The importance of that personal brand um, when it comes to you know selling and and let's just call it business development because there are CEOs that are selling all day long even if they have a sales team. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. so we'll look at the whole picture of anyone who's out there in a business development role. Maybe it's a client success person who identifies, you know, other opportunities inside of their accounts. But why is a personal brand so important? You talk a little bit about that. Yeah, if I were to maybe put a bow on that with two or three ideas around personal brands, um, and you said something about the client success manager, um, that it's, it just got me thinking that, you know, we're, this conversation is very much for the outward facing sales professional or sales leader but someone who's inside of an organization, your personal brand is just as important, even if you are not you know, stepping foot outside your physical office to go see a customer. Um, but if I were to maybe offer up two or three reasons why or the strength behind personal brands, first is more of a personal reason, which is you take your personal brand with you wherever you go. Whether whatever company you are working for today, or if you are an entrepreneur, wherever you happen to be on your journey, your personal brand goes with you everywhere. And it really pays to nurture that personal brand in a way that's genuine, in a way that reflects not only who you are today, but who you want to be in the future, to not neglect it. It, it will be, it's like the same, it's like neglecting um, working out or neglecting good nutrition or sleep. It may not catch up with you today, but it will catch up with you at some point down the road. So just for your own self, maintain a strong personal brand. Um, I'd say maybe a couple of other thoughts around personal brand is um, personal brand can open doors. Do not, um, don't underestimate a prospect or even a longtime customer. They will search for you. They will do a Google search. They will do a LinkedIn search. They, they're, not, they're not only searching for your company, they're searching for you. And maybe in decades past before there was so much tech technological connectivity, maybe that wasn't always the case, but today it absolutely is the case. So they, they're looking for you as much as they're looking for a company. And then my last thing that I'll share about personal brand, and this goes back to my definition of a modern seller. Part of my definition of a modern seller is that the value of your product, your service or solution, that you are part of the value equation. Mm. If you can be taken out of that equation, you simply have a transaction. Your personal brand plays a big role in, in your business acumen, your knowledge, all of that's combined together so that you provide high level of value to a prospect or a client. 
so that the value of what you sell can't, you can't be separated from that. So I love that because, you know, when I'm talking with sales folks and they're like, there's really nothing different about my product than my competitor. That's the answer right there. Right. You are the difference between, you know, the, be, with, between your competitor. And I think early on when you were saying, you know, there, there are a lot of people that do what I do, that do what you do. If you put it in like a broad descriptor, um, I say, I think that that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It shows that there is a need for what it is that we bring to the marketplace. So yes, there will likely be some things that your competitor has or does that have similarities to what you do. But if that's what you believe, that's really, really hard to overcome. Talk about mindset. If you believe that, you're going to have a really hard time being successful in your role because you have to bring yourself to that conversation and your uniqueness. And you also have to believe that you are the best in the difference maker. If you don't believe it, your clients and prospects will not believe it. Uh, yeah, I think that that's great. Mindset really is a big piece of this for sure. Um, yeah, that is that. Yeah, that mindset piece is um, that is something that I've added to my own sales process or my own methodology. I've designed a methodology that I bring and sell into organizations. And mindset is something that I've added to my methodology over, say, the last maybe two or three years, mm -hmm. um, just to put its own emphasis on it and how important the way in which we think influences the ways in which we behave and the ways in which we behave and our, the consistency of good sales behavior is what drives results. So that's something I've changed in my own methodology that I bring to my clients now. That's awesome. We just recently put together 21 tenets of social selling that it's the core of um, the mindset. It just in quick little things like detach from what the prospect is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to the prospect. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in you know, little kind of saying mantras that can get, you know, into the, the, so you're in the right mindset. So your, your focus is not on the commission, but the outcome, right? So that's. Absolutely. And, and I don't know if uh, this is, this is maybe more of what I've learned along the way with that mindset piece is it's like mindset and action are, are interesting because we can't sit around waiting for the mindset to change. Sometimes we just have to go do in order to make the mindset happen. So for anybody out there who's maybe feeling stuck with something, you just have to go do. Even if you're not great at doing it, you got to go do. So to prove to yourself you can do it and what you can learn from it so you can build the mindset. So sometimes you have to reverse engineer your mindset through action. That's awesome. Uh, how much of the mindset can you learn from your successes and your losses, right? I, I'd say, I'd say a, a, significant, a significant portion of mindset can come from analyzing wins and losses. And of course, there's mindset that we can build just by virtue of the people that we choose to be around. 
the, there's a, I think there's a mind, an organizational mindset too, that doesn't get talked about enough with like the, that's the culture piece, but like the organizational mindset, but, um, you can learn a lot about how you can develop your mindset from successes or failures. To me, the, the difference maker with that is the uh, responsibility piece and really owning what, you know, what I did well in a sales situation that I would want to repeat again and what I didn't do well so that I could make some changes for the next time. If I look at it in the, in the lens of how I can be better or how I can continue on with what I've done, that's different than uh, blaming outside factors or um, when blaming outside factors or looking outside myself, even for success, validation, success. And, you know, so many salespeople do that. You know, they want the attaboy pat on the back and that, that that's so important to them that they can get in their own head that if they don't get it today, maybe they're not good. Yes, so, absolutely. I, I, I love this. So talk to me a little bit about how your concepts around using social selling when prospecting and the role that it plays in yeah. the picture. Absolutely. So if I kind of tie this back to the last um, capability of a modern seller, a modern seller is social. And, and the way that I have defined that for, for myself and my business and what I share with my readers is it's the idea of being really strategic about the relationships that you want to be building, relationships within specific opportunities or industries, or maybe even just a personal, a new personal goal that you're looking to pursue. We really can't accomplish anything significant without creating great relationships and having access to those relationships. So that's a bit of my philosophy behind relationship building. And when I apply that specifically to your question of prospecting, if I'm looking at a specific, let's say industry or maybe a specific opportunity, I'm basically looking for four high impact relationships. Um, some of these will sound familiar to people that are watching or listening. I'm looking for the decision makers in that segment or opportunity. I'm looking for centers of influence. I'm looking for individuals or groups that can advocate on my behalf. Um, and then I'm also looking for the potential of strategic partnerships or strategic alliances, so those outside relationships. So that's my starting point. When I'm looking at prospecting or I'm looking at developing relationships through specific like social relationship building tools like a LinkedIn, that, that's kind of my starting point of, of where I look whenever I'm doing that kind of work. I love that. You know, and, and I'm sure you know this, but I just mentioned you can export your connections and take inventory. So, right. So from LinkedIn, you can go in, export your connections, add a column in the spreadsheet and what were your four? So there was what were the, and, and categorize them. So yeah. So me. decision maker, a center of influence, an advocate, or a strategic alliance. Great. Love that. Take inventory. Put, you know, mark them. Maybe 10% of your 4,000 connections, which would be what, 400 people to talk to, mm-hmm. might fall under one of those categories. So I think that's brilliant. I love those categories. And to play off of your idea around LinkedIn connections, so another another way that I've used that is, um, so in my organization, we of course have uh, mailing lists. So we you know add people to to our database. 
we will do an inventory of who's in that database. Um, we do an inventory a couple of times a year just to gauge the engagement level of the mailing list. But also if there are individuals in there that we want to make direct contact with, send an invitation on LinkedIn, use it as a way to continue the conversation. So they've already opted in in a way, but now this is just another way to extend the relationship. Um, or if I'm doing, uh, doing uh, webinars or master classes and I might get uh, lead lists from that, we'll curate the lead lists and uh, look, look for that 10%, right? That could yeah. be potential, uh, potential individuals to have another conversation with. So there's direct reach out to establish that, but also a LinkedIn invitation to mm -hmm. start getting that social connection going. It's more meaningful to, it does take a little bit more work, but the curated approach I find is really helpful. Smaller lists, but smaller lists of meaningful people that may have more of an interest in what, what I do and solutions I can provide and would be uh, more open to a conversation. Absolutely. So if I kind of tie this back to the last um, capability of a modern seller, a modern seller is social. And, and the way that I have defined that for, for myself and my business and what I share with my readers is it's the idea of being really strategic about the relationships that you want to be building, relationships within specific opportunities or industries, or maybe even just a personal, a new personal goal that you're looking to pursue. We really can't accomplish anything significant without creating great relationships and having access to those relationships. So that's a bit of my philosophy behind relationship building. And when I apply that specifically to your question of prospecting, if I'm looking at a specific, let's say industry or maybe a specific opportunity, I'm basically looking for four high impact relationships. Um, some of these will sound familiar to people that are watching or listening. I'm looking for the decision makers in that segment or opportunity. I'm looking for centers of influence. I'm looking for individuals or groups that can advocate on my behalf. Um, and then I'm also looking for the potential of strategic partnerships or strategic alliances, so those outside relationships. So that's my starting point when I'm looking at prospecting or I'm looking at developing relationships through specific like social relationship building tools like a LinkedIn. That, that's kind of my starting point of, of where I look whenever I'm doing that kind of work. So it's curated list versus mm -hmm. just haphazard random lists. Yes. That's great. I've done that. I've done the haphazard random approach and it, it's not as successful as I would have liked it to be. So, so the curated approach has, has not, much better outcomes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I always think about if we went to a, a trade show, a conference and, you know, a networking meeting, with a whole handful of cards and I walked around handing out mine and collecting theirs and never having a conversation, I'm just going to go home, put a big rubber band around my cards and stick them in the middle of the desk because I have no idea who they are except for what's on the card. Like, But if I had five conversations and came home with five business cards with follow-up next steps, that's a good use of my time. So I think what you're saying is take that in-person mentality of, you know, what works is building rapport and starting conversations. I think you're saying the same thing here. There's a mindset piece that your thoughts just reminded me of. 
which is um, the mindset that we tell ourselves, if I have that stack of say a hundred cards that I've put the rubber band around, a hundred is a lot to follow up with. And the chances of me setting that stack of cards in the center of my desk and not following up with them, at least in a timely manner, probably pretty good. But if I have those five connections and I've had these five meaningful conversations, taking those cards home and doing follow-up, I'm much more personally motivated to do that. And I'm going to follow through because I've had the conversation and hey, five is much more doable than a hundred. And more meaningful. Oh, I, this is it. I just love the way you think. Like, I think that's, that's where salespeople have to be. They have to get out of that cold calling mentality of, you know, with, you know, call a hundred and, you know, a hundred people uh, um, a day in order to get four conversations. And, and even if, they prove out that that works. It's such an unfortunate way to start a conversation with someone at such a low level of credibility. So it does. It absolutely has its challenges. And I, um, one, one thing I do encourage people to do though, is to, um, it, you know, I get asked a lot in my line of work, you know, well, you don't still prospect, do you? Um, I'm like, heck yeah, I prospect. Everything. That is, that is part of what it is to be you know, a sales consultant, a sales professional, you're basically cutting off an entire life, the the lifeline to your business, which is building new relationships, deepening client work, but also building new relationships. So it's the, the process by which we build those new relationships and do that. I call it intentional outreach. Um, we're, we have to be willing to talk to people that we've never talked to before. And we absolutely have to be willing to do that. But what, like to follow your line of thought, it's can we be a little bit more intentional and laser focused with it versus taking a really broad approach that could yield not, just not yield the right outcomes. Yeah. And instead of 120, boom, 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 let's do a little research. Let's learn a little bit about them. Let's see what's happening in their company and who they sell to in the trends. And then when you reach out, you can have a meaningful conversation, not just a, a temp. I, I mean, that. At the end, yeah. Well, you know, I say I pick up the phone all the time. I'm on Zoom all the time. I'm I'm scheduling Zooms all the time. I definitely still have phone conversations. If we're not having phone, I can't sell. I mean, if you're selling a widget and they can click to buy, you know, fine. But, you know, if we don't have a meaningful conversation, it doesn't move the sale forward. So no, exactly. That's awesome. The last question I have here for you, and, and, and we'll see if this turns into a, as a second to last question, but how can we use social media challenges to research and identify those decision makers in your targeted market? Yeah, so, so the way that I've been successful with it is um, I, I do use um, LinkedIn Navigator, which has helped me to build, um, build account lists. It has helped me to build, you know, uh, prospect lists. Um, I will actually look at some of my current clients and um, I will look at who they're connected to and see if who they're connected to might be a good fit for me to have, to be introduced to for a conversation. So, so that's one way that I have built new relationships by doing some research and some homework on my current existing relationships and requesting specific introductions. I take, the, I take the workload on myself to do that homework, to do that research. 
so that when I do ask for an introduction, I there's some substance behind it. it it's meaningful. Um, so that that's a very specific tactical way that I've used it to build new relationships. And, and that's a brilliant way, right? You talked about the joint venture partners or the, the referral partners and the clients. I mean, once we take inventory and we've identified these folks, leveraging the, their connections to get introductions is a really powerful way. Yep. And you're entering at a high level of credibility, right? When you get that introduction, in fact, from what we under, what, you know, our research has show, shown that 50% of those people take your call. That that's, makes a lot of sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that from a time perspective, leveraging the relationships that you've built over the years can be um, a significantly better use of your time than just pounding the phone without intention. Right, right. And um, you reminded me of one other idea, which actually was just a conversation I had had, I've had earlier today with a client. So, so they have a major strategic initiative happening within their organization. And my contact over there said, you know, do you know anybody that is, you know, similar in size and scope to us that has gone through something similar? I would love to have a conversation or two with those individuals because we're embarking on this strategic initiative. And so I, I still need to think through how I'd like to approach this, but one of the first places I'm going to go is into my uh, probably navigator and into my LinkedIn connections to see who I might be connected to that I'm just not thinking of that could be an ideal match for a networking conversation for my client. So it's, it's still a sales conversation in a way because sure. of course it's connected to my client and it's a relationship building piece. If I could find one or two great people for this person to speak with, that just solidifies our relationship and they're getting information that they need. And we can use social tools and social channels to, to facilitate locating those people. So can I throw a few ideas on the table for this? Yes, let's do it. So, so the first one is look on their website and look at all the companies they've worked with and then search your connections to see if you know anyone at those companies. So the vendor, whoever that vendor is coming in to do the strategic Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. right. oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So let's say the we're bringing in HubSpot from scratch, right? We go to HubSpot and say, who has HubSpot worked with before that looks like us? Are, are any of us connected to anyone inside that organization, even if they're the wrong person starting there and finding the right person and getting introduced internally could be a really good way to do that. I like that idea. That That's it's uh because then the, the chances of you finding like a like a like-sized organization that's clearly going through something similar is you just you've just increased your odds of finding some great individuals. Yeah, and, and usually they're showing off all their logos. So there's a lot of you could you could dive into that quite a bit. The other thing to do is is look at their sales reps connections. Because their mm. sales reps yep. for that software or whatever the initiative has worked with other people like them. So you can start to look and the sales rep may even make an introduction on their, for, on their behalf, but it's a good way to look at who are people like me that are connected to the person that sold me this new product or service. See, I love it for anybody who's watching or listening. You just got like five new ideas 
on how, how to how to connect how to connect people together. I mean, it's it, it it's a LinkedIn is the only tool in the world that we have access to other people's Rolodexes, and and that's the magic of all of this, I think. So, um, I, I can't believe we're out of time. I could do this forever with you. Your insights are brilliant. Uh, I really loved this. My very last question is, is there any question I didn't ask you that I should have? Oh, um, I don't think that, I, I think we got all the great questions out on the table for, for today's yeah. conversation. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll ask you, how can people get a hold of you? All right. So that, that, that's a good softball question to, to wrap us up. All right. So um, two places that you can find me. First, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Please let me know that we connected uh, through Bryn. And then uh, secondly, you can go out to amyfranco.com. Lots of free tools and resources out there for you. You're awesome. I'm very excited to have had you as a guest and hopefully we'll see each other at a conference. I think in October we will. Yes, likewise. This is so much fun to spend time with you. Thank you as always for inviting me to be a part of your podcast universe. Oh, I love it. And for all the listeners, when you are out and about, don't forget to make your sales social. Don't miss an episode. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. Register for free resources at linkedinlibrary.com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.